politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Miniman standing at the ready to fight to breathe free air once again. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, here at CR Podcast, Blaze Media. It is Friday, end of the week, and we've barely started our work. November 19th, it's actually the anniversary of the Gettysburg Address, 1863. Obviously, the battle was in July, but this was the date that uh, Lincoln traveled to the site and gave his speech. And I think about, you know, the theme today is how do we break the vicious cycle of the perpetual pandemic fear that is fueling, it's the mother's milk of the tyranny. Because the more people are fearful, the more they're accepting and acquiescing to all of this. But it's also, I think, people are pampered. They're still too pampered. They don't feel that fight. We're seeing this already all over the place. Youngkin, the Virginia, you know, gubernatorial uh, elect, governor-elect, you know, he's out there. As I warned, by the way, I, I said, these elections mean nothing. Republicans could win 100% of every seat in every state everywhere next year. And Biden could have a 5% approval rating. It won't matter. They will not fight for what we believe with on their own. If you don't have a mixture of daily pressure where we have the majority of people to get on their case and direct very specific actions and then make it very clear that you have primary challengers lined up. And even that, I think we need bigger solutions than that. But, But at a minimum, we should be doing that. I'm the only one pushing that. It's not going to change. They're going to keep going to the next phase, the next phase, and Republicans will finally fight five phases ago when it no longer matters. They're already at the boosters, right? As I warned you, now, see, what do you do when, when it's worse than it's ever been in terms of the viral spread? Worse than it's ever been, but everyone's vaccinated. Who do they have to blame other than themselves? Well, not everyone has a third shot. And then they could start the numbers all over again, start the cycle all over again. That's the beauty of what they're doing. It's never going to, unless we have equal and opposing force in multiple states, it's not going to change. They're going to keep this going. Now, one of the themes that we're very concerned about, I know Steve talked about it, those of you who listened to his show, we're very concerned that, as I talked about yesterday, this leaky vaccine is going to make the virus worse and worse and worse. There's no evidence that it's rolling back natural immunity yet, but everyone really needs to be prepared. So I want to first give you an update on one of today's sponsors, but it's also kind of show content mixed in, Seven Cells Pharmacy. Um, A lot of people have noticed that ivermectin is off their website. Let me explain what happened. Let me explain this. Basically... The war on our lives is so strong. The monopoly that they've created and the lack of counter pressure has allowed this monopoly to hit us everywhere. So you you could sell, you know, n- narcotics on there and it won't matter. But you have to understand, you say, "All right, I'm going to set up my own website, own doctors, synergistic thing. They're the only ones that do this." Great idea, right? Well, it is a good idea. But then Here's how they get you. You need e-commerce vendors, you know, the merchants for the payments. So they're having problems. And, and then they have a cyber attack. They were attacked too. So 
I think they took care of the cyber attack, but the problem they have now is that the current underwriter won't allow them to go through the e-commerce if they have ivermectin on the site. So nitazoxanide is there, which is just as good, by the way. It's a little bit more expensive, but um, luckily they don't know what that is yet. <laughs> They're not onto it. They will be soon. So now the, now is the time to stock up. Um, so ivermectin... They they won't they won't allow it. Now they're going to switch to another vendor. But in the meantime, what you need to do is go to sevencells.com forward slash Daniel. So it's scattershot. What they're doing is they have one vendor is going to service that site, and the other one, the existing one that doesn't have a problem with everything else on there, they have nitazoxanide, they have like Viagra, they have some creams, they have other things that you could order a prescription for online. Um, or or buy online, but ivermectin, of course, is the only problem they have because that's going to save too many lives. So you have to go again: s e v e n c e l l s dot com forward slash Daniel, and then again, you could still put in offer code Daniel for the twenty percent off. But you need that in the URL. Eventually, hopefully within the week they'll be able to migrate back when they get this straightened out and then they'll redirect to sevencells.com. But add that in and that should work. Let me know if you have problems. But, I mean, this is what we're up against. We don't have any Republican state that's even taking up legislation to bar discrimination of doctors and pharmacists and drugs that save lives that we would do in any other context. At best, we have... Florida and Tennessee are the only states that kind of effectively, you know, pass more robust bills. And even that, those were watered down. Alabama, Iowa, and West Virginia had a religious exemption. Okay. Montana, too, except for health care. But every other state, we can't even get anything passed. We have a war on patience, we have a war on lives. This is terrorism, what they're doing, shoving these shots on us. Even making them available at this point, but marketing them and putting state funding behind them. And then the blocking of treatment in hospitals, the blocking of prescriptions, that we have to go through such lengths to to try to treat ourselves from the virus that these SOBs created. Idaho, we couldn't get it passed. Wyoming, North Dakota... Utah, they have a bill that like explicitly blesses mandates. The Ohio House, we passed a halfway decent bill last night. Goes to the Senate, we'll see what happens. But, you know, some Republicans are going to balk, and I don't know if we're going to have enough to override DeWine's veto. This is my point. Wherever you go, Texas, you have a hospital that got an appellate court to overrule, you know, the case of Dr. Mary Bowden that sheriff's deputy that's on a ventilator. And where is the Texas legislature? Greg Abbott was tweeting out this state legislator, this Democrat, switched parties to Republicans. I'm like, you have so many tailwinds politically, and you won't even do what it takes. This is the thing. When I was younger, I used to think, yeah, Republicans... They're scared of the media or they're scared of losing their seat. But even in states where the majority of people are like, do it, we want it. If you don't fully get on their case and call specific action and have groups hounding them with primary challenges, it's not going to happen. I am telling you. 
Everyone's shocked that Greg Youngkin announced that he's going to allow localities to do COVID fascism. And then, um, what, what's his name? Gonzalez, our buddy, uh, um, trying to find this, Pedro Gonzalez. Youngkin chose a guy with pronouns in his Twitter bio to do his comms. He served on the Georgetown Latinx Leadership Forum. And he's out there with rainbow flags and everything. So he got elected on culture war issues. This is what they do. You might say, well, Daniel, that's Virginia. But we have this in, in, in Wyoming, in Idaho. I'm just so overwhelmed that there's no movement behind me. I'm frantically on the phone half the day trying to organize people behind my contract with America idea, behind my primary ideas, behind my constitutional amendments on the ballots, you know, state constitutional amendments um, to ban any coerced uh, medical treatment against someone's body. And time and again, I'm the only one looking at ideas. If you don't directly have people running on the issue of COVID fascism, I, I guarantee you they're, they're the same jerks. You look at some of their campaigns and it may as well be 1998. Same things. I'm pro-gone. I'm pro-abortion and for lower taxes. You know, right now, Arkansas is going to have a special session. Do you understand what's going on right now? They have so much freaking money from the feds. And they're using it for a tax cut. Now, I'm not, I'm, I'm not against giving back more money to people. But our tax burden is already relatively low. What is high is the, is the inflation and the supply chain issues. And that's all from COVID fascism and the regulatory stuff and the lack of choice and competition from the artificial monopolies created in healthcare is a fortune. Healthcare is the biggest tax on us. We can't get cheap healthcare, you know, doctor to patient because of all the things that they've created with the middlemen. Those are the issues of our time. It's not 1982 when we had high marginal tax rates. Reagan took care of that. We had three rounds of tax cuts cuts at a federal level most red states have been cutting taxes i understand there might be areas you want to cut but that's not the issue in fact if there's a chunk of federal covid funding rather than use it for tax cuts i would use it to to pay the fines of businesses that get fines from osha i would use it to prop up an alternative to the medical cartel to prop up our own national guard, state militia that won't it won't be national, it'll be a state militia. All the things that we need to do to make states stronger. If you have the money, use it to project power. I'm not trying to be mean here. But most people I don't earn that much money, but most people in Arkansas, I'm not, you know, saying something you don't know overwhelming majority earn less money than than I do but even I don't honestly with four kids I don't pay that much in taxes I mean obviously more at a state level I do but I'm I'm in Maryland which is a high tax state you know that's not the issue most of them don't pay a lot of them even have a net negative tax liability 
The biggest tax is the regulatory burden. It's the government monopoly through the market distortions and most evidently in healthcare. And the biggest issues aren't even taxation. It's everything that flows from the government corporate fascism, starting with COVID fascism, but other issues as well. Everything is all about guns, abortion, and taxes. That's not the issue. And anyone who's running on the same things, they just don't get it. Now, part of understanding that this is not going to be you know, rectified in Washington is joining the Convention of States, a new partner with CR Podcast. My buddy Mark Meckler... Um, is always looking for ways to actually do what works. He started the Tea Party, and um, he is the director of Convention of States. Uh, obviously, this is a very specific way of getting all the states together and um, proposing constitutional amendments. Uh, but I think anyway, even before we get that, it's worth joining their grassroots. They have the best, smartest people that recognize that what we're doing is not working. If you go to conventionofstates.com slash Horowitz, H-O-R-O-W-I-T-Z, sign their petition today. Again, conventionofstates.com Horowitz, sign the petition. And and that's the thing. Be in their network. And what we're trying to do as an adjunct to the Convention of States with a capital C is also a lowercase convention of the states, which is what I'm doing every day. Just literally convention get together to get the best legislators in each red state together and work on an a, 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 you know a unified agenda for the January legislative session. Work on that unified agenda. So I want to get to one point before we bring on our guest. So we are very concerned in what we're seeing that the vaccine is making the virus worse. We talked about that yesterday. It's clear that we have the leaky vaccine syndrome. I mean, you you have, by the way, in Central Europe, Austria, Slovakia, Slovenia, you know, those type of countries, Belgium, Netherlands, they're now, all these countries are over 1,000 cases per million a day. Some are reaching 1,500, 1,600. That's higher than we've reached at the height of our winter peak, and America was, has, is pretty bad relative to a lot of other countries. That's with, in some of these places, 80, 90% of adults that got the shot. Well, it's not despite, it's because of. The virus is getting worse. Another thing, there's a lot of flu outbreaks now, and there's a concern that either it's reactivating latent pathogens or especially the people that got vaccinated, which a lot of you in the audience did, either you know that you were uninformed and I don't blame you, or you were forced to because of your job. You know, basically the concern is it makes you like an AIDS patient. That's what this thing does. It destroys your your immune system. It absolutely destroys your immune system. Um, there's a study out from Sweden. That, that says that the spike protein significantly inhibits DNA damage repair, which is required for effective VDJ recombination in adaptive immunity. Mechanistically, we found that the spike protein localizes in the nucleus and inhibits DNA damage repair by impeding key DNA repair protein BRCA1 and 5,3-BP1 recruitment to the damaged site. It's like... After you have a pathogen, it calls in the construction crews. Says, "Hey, let's get in here. 
Our findings reveal a potential molecular mechanism by which the spike protein might impede adaptive immunity and underscore the potential side effects of full-length spike-based vaccines. By the way, we were told, oh, there's no way this could retro and damage your DNA. Hmm. This uh, Swedish study, again, it's published at PubMed. SARS-CoV-2 spike impairs DNA damage repair and inhibits VDJ recombination in vitro. That's the title of the study. That sounds quite alarming, doesn't it? That sounds quite alarming. This is not okay, my friends. This is not okay. And as we explained, it basically convinces your body to permanently do stupid things. Okay, utterly stupid things. It permanently convinces it to go the wrong route, to not go the proper T-cell route. So, I mean, we're going to need to have our own gain-of-function research, and which is what we're doing with ivermectin, and I'm the only one pushing nidazoxanide because it's a broad, broad um, mechanism against, against viruses. And by the way, 7cells.com slash Daniel, I have confirmed it is up and working. I just tried it myself. But this is a big problem. This is a very big problem. And no one's talking about this. It's called the original antigenic sin. Where you, the first time you combat a virus, you combat it in a suboptimal way. And then the virus is like, oh. You know, it's like if I train you to drive a car like a nut. You know, well, you're going to drive recklessly for the rest of your life. This is very scary. So Paul Alexander and Dr. Dan Stock, we've had Dr. Dan, and he warned about this from day one. And boy, has history proven him right. And let me just read to you two paragraphs from it. If the initial priming exposure is via vaccine, and this suboptimal, and then the helper TCCD4 immune response would be biased toward a Th2 B cell and antibody response and a more limited Th1 CD8 cytotoxic T cell response at the localized native site of infection. In other words, Dan Stock warned about this. The CD8s are your Navy SEALs. Those are the ones you want. They go localized. Oh, there's an infection in the lungs. Boom, let's go straight to the lungs and deal with it. The Th2 B cells call up, so that's the Th1. Th2s call in the more generalized antibody response, which is not a good thing, right? The immune system is forced to choose between Th1 and Th2 differentiation, and that such differentiation is permanent. It is learning that anytime you are exposed to the virus, that it should switch the Th2 pathway and make less Th1 cytotoxic immunity because you have taken the vaccine. The immune system is forced to switch between Th1 and Th2 immune responding pathways. And if it does respond systemically with antibodies, then when you are indeed infected in the future with the virus as a localized respiratory tract infection, your immune system would be responding wrong and not with the cytotoxic CD8 response that is actually optimally needed at the site of infection. 
In other words, the signal sent by the local tissue to the immune system says to produce B cells and antibodies and not the needed cytotoxic cells at the local site of infection to begin clearing out the infection. I want to explain that, but but our next segment, along with our uh, guest segment, is sponsored by um, iTarget Pro. Um, the only right we have left is, is uh, Second Amendment. Um, a lot of you guys are finding that you go to the range, you down three, four hundred rounds. It's a fortune. Ammo is a fortune. What if I told you you can buy for yourself as a Christmas gift to a friend as well? A revolutionary system that allows you to dry fire practice with a dummy laser bullet. It, you download the iTarget Pro app, shine it on this uh, board they give you, and it renders your shots. You could even download their app for a few dollars extra, and it times your 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 uh, draw from the holster. So you could practice your timing and accuracy, right? Sight alignment, picture alignment, um, trigger manipulation, trigger control, proper grip, proper five-point draw, all of that. People don't realize you could do dry fire. Dry fire is 90%. The only thing you don't have is the kickback, but you know what? You shouldn't be anticipating that anyway. So if you go to iTarget Pro, um, that's the letter I, targetpro.com, and put an offer code CRs in conservative review, you could save $10 plus 10% plus get free shipping. Actually, it is about $10 in most cases. Um, you can get any any caliber, two two three for your rifle, uh, gun, anything you know, nine millimeter, forty five cal, three fifty seven magnum. Um, again, offer code CR at itargetpro.com. So, folks, I wanted to mention that this whole thing here that we're teaching you to do the wrong thing. The big concern is what this vaccine does. Some people say it never works at all for any. I think it works for non-immunocompromised people for a few months against serious illness just because it dumps a bunch of antibodies in your body. You can't deny it does do that. But that's a bad thing in the long run. What they're doing now, the reason why booster third shot is going to be the new second shot, and if you don't have the third, it's going to be like you're unvaccinated, because they realize the clock has run out. It's not working. So what they want to do is immediately get the cycle going. But you know what it's going to do? It's going to continue the vicious cycle. You might have a few day, a few months where it bends the trajectory a little bit. Maybe, maybe. But it's going to come at a cost. It's going to constantly reinforce and teach your body to do stupid, stupid things. And be more vulnerable to future outbreaks that are, by definition, going to get worse from this virus and other viruses. So let me just finish this before we bring on our guest. The result is that the respiratory tissue lungs become more infected as the cytotoxic cells are not there or not enough of it is produced to clear the infection and sicker and sicker and the infection, infected person could be very infected with more and more virus as the CD8 response is diminished or maybe non-existent. The vaccinated person would be then potentially become very ill and at the same time amassing massive viral load and capable of transmitting the virus. So the infection is building up in the local tissue and not being cleared by the cytotoxic response, which has been tamped down. This may help explain the data we are seeing out of the UK with um, with uh, the unvaccinated getting the virus more than the vaccinated. I mean, the vaccinated getting it more. And um, a systemic presentation must necessarily reduce Th1 response as it drives Th2 response, 
allowing not only increased shedding, but eventually driving a pathogen that would naturally not rapidly disseminate, and certainly not before it was eradicated, into an uncheckable pathogen that would more rapidly and dependably disseminate, further driving progressive TH2 differentiation, reduce TH1 response, until eventually the infection would not have any meaningful TH1 response. The result is the lungs are destroyed, and the upper limb... I mean, I, this is this is horrible. This is unbelievable. It's basically giving people AIDS. You're destroying their immune system. You're destroying their immune system. Their immune system effectively learns to respond incorrectly, and the result is the tissue in the respiratory tract, lungs, uh, getting more and more infected and sicker, and the unvaccinated person, and the vaccinated person at risk of severe illness, as the vulnerable vaccinated is also at risk of infection and severe outcome. Even if the nearby unvaccinated has a robust immune system, it could be overwhelmed with virus from the vaccinated person who is shedding and churning out massive infection. That, my friends, is what happened when you had the suboptimal Merrick's disease vaccine with the chickens. And I fear this is going to continue happening, which is why... All you can do is get yourself ivermectin and azoxanide, get yourself a kit with a pulse oximeter, aspirin, pepsid, um, have ready-made bottles of the 1% iodine nasal um, rub, you know, for your nose and your mouth, um, you know, and all the other things you want in there. Go to the FLCC, you'll see the natural things, NAC, all the vitamins, zinc, black seed oil, turmeric. These are all different things that have shown efficacy. Antivirals, anti-inflammatory, anticoagulant. That's the best you can do. And then pray to God. Pray to God that something changes. But we're going to have to fight. Now, actually, it looks like this is the first time I've ever had this. Um, I'm not going to be able to get a hold of Dr. McDonald today, so I'm going to have to wait till Monday. So change of plans there. Again, he's the child psychiatrist that was probably the only mental health professional among the frontline doctors that originally opposed COVID fascism. So he has a new book out. Uh, United States of Fear, How America Fell Victim to a Mass Delusional Psychosis. So I wanted to study that through the mental health side of things. We'll get to that next week instead because it looks like he can't join us. But, I mean, to continue on that theme, how do we get rid of the fear? And I think one of the ways to do that is you got to fight fear with fear. And you got to show them that, look, you're you're scared of the virus. I don't blame you. You know why? Because these guys created the virus. We have treatment for it, but we don't. what we don't have is treatment for the vaccine injuries, and you need to make them fear that. You know, it has become clear you cannot deny anymore. You can't run. You cannot hide from the fact that there are excess deaths and hospitals being filled everywhere, everywhere. And it's not just COVID, and they're admitting it. They're admitting this. This is out in the open. People are dying left and right. We had this NPR reporter who was 46, or she was a book editor, I think, dropped dead in Maryland at 46, pulmonary embolism. Who dies suddenly? They admitted it was suddenly. They admitted it was a pulmonary embolism. Now, again, you can't prove that, but too much of this is going on. 
I want you guys to go ahead and, um, if you can, Google died suddenly. Some version of that. And do Google News. And you'll see there's so much of that going on. That's what's funny. It's not like they don't report it. They'll report it, but doesn't get traced back. Here's the ultimate story. And some of you might have seen this statistic. It's from Yahoo News, but it came from the UK media. Alarm grows as uh, mortaries fill with thousands of extra non-COVID deaths. Non-COVID deaths. Nearly 10,000 more people than usual have died in the past four months from non-COVID reasons as experts called for an urgent government inquiry into whether the deaths were preventable. Fears are growing that, and this is in the UK, NHS delays at the height of the pandemic left large numbers of people with previously treatable conditions suffering illnesses that have now become fatal. Latest figures from the Office for National Statistics showed that England and Wales registered 20,823 more deaths than the five-year average in the last 18 weeks. Only 11,531 deaths involved COVID. Now, that in itself is a lot. That in itself is a red flag. How are there 11.5 thousand people in England dying over the last 18 weeks when, when almost every adult was vaccinated during that entire duration? Right? I mean, that that's like the equivalent of 60,000 deaths in the United States. Uh, that should not be happening. So that in itself shows it's not working. So it doesn't work. And then what does it cause? Another 10,000 excess deaths or 9,300. That's a 45% were not linked to the pandemic. We urgently need to understand what's going on. Professor Professor uh, Carl Hennigan, Director of Center for Evidence-Based Medicine at the University of Oxford, he said, I'm calling for an urgent investigation. If you look at when the excess is happening, it's in conditions like um, ischemic heart disease, cirrhosis of the liver and diabetes, all which are potentially reversible. Um, this could be the fallout from the lack of preventable care during the pandemic and what happens downstream from that. We urgently need to know what's going on. But there, there, there's, there's a problem with that. There's a problem with that. The number of deaths in private homes is also up 41% over the five-year average, with 964 excess deaths recorded in the most recent week. Okay? So I, I know what you guys are probably thinking, the same thing I am. Isn't it interesting that just... At this time, finally, it's okay for them to talk about the excess deaths from lockdowns. Isn't it interesting? So what's funny is, right now, the fight is not lockdowns. Now, I know Central Europe is locking down, and I'm not going to say it's not a possibility they could bring it back. But certainly the vaccine fascism, the vaccine even not coerced, but certainly coerced, is the biggest problem right now. It's the biggest problem perpetuating the pandemic. It's the biggest problem killing people. It's the biggest problem smothering liberty, um, you know, causing people to lose their jobs. 
That's the big issue. So when lockdowns were the biggest thing, we were the only ones talking about the preventative care being messed up, the excess deaths. Now that that's no longer the issue, it's suddenly kosher, so to speak, to talk about the excess deaths from that. But here's the problem with that. That's not true. The excess deaths from lockdowns were last year during the lockdowns and immediately afterwards and a gradual rolling thing over 5, 10 years. You know, cancers that weren't diagnosed, things like that. But when you have people dropping dead suddenly in the window frame of time and with heart and blood disorders suddenly and dropping dead at home, that's not a lack of preventative care. That's like, damn, this is stage four and it would have been stage three. So over the course of a year, you have 10,000 more stage fours that would have been stage three. So, you know, they die more, more than die from the cancer eventually rather than surviving and more die within six months rather than within 18 months. But you're not going to have people suddenly dropping dead at home and just in this window. It's going to be immediately and it's going to be long term. This, the timing, has the vaccine written all over it. And we already talked about the data from the heart group in England where they traced it exactly to the timing. It was much more males than females. And especially it was happening in young people as well. So that has myocarditis written all over it. Um, it's in plain sight. But watch for that, that they're suddenly going to blame it on that, which is cute because Republicans, when we had the lockdowns, they didn't stop them. But now that the battle, that it's over with and it did its damage. And, and remember, the point of the lockdowns wasn't an end to itself because you can't lock down forever. It's not feasible. So the point was to show that you have no control over yourself. You have no control, life, liberty, property, pandemic, public health, emergency, poof, your rights go away. Now. Look, we've shown you that we could lock you down. So you know what? We're going to be nice. We're not going to do that anymore. But, you know, isn't this better than a lockdown, right? You could you could go about, you could get a job, you could work, you could open your business, you could procure goods and services, but you must wear a mask and or get a shot. So Republicans are fighting yesterday's battle. It's no longer a battle, which is why the left is fine and the media is fine suddenly saying, yeah, lockdowns killed a bunch of people. But that is not what is going on here. Alex Berenson found a similar thing in Sweden's data. So we talked about this Swedish study that showed that the vaccines over time um, become negative effective, including eventually on severe illness. But he picked up on page 32 um, a separate point on excess deaths. The chart shows that 3,939, so almost 40, almost 4,000 Swedes of the 4 million who received the second dose died less than two weeks later. Two weeks later. That's not the lockdown. And Sweden never had a lockdown. You see, if the, if the magic ingredient here are the lockdown deaths, then you're not going to find the last place you're going to find that is Sweden. Okay, over a one year period, the rate of death would translate into an annual mortality rate of about 2.5% a year. In other words, one in 40 people died in Sweden. Okay, that's three times, three times the overall average of one in 15. So to have 4,000 deaths within that four within that two week period 
is 300% increase <clears throat> in deaths. Okay? Um, so this is a big problem. Now, the data shows that from an average of about 1,650 Swedes died every week between 2015 and 2019. Okay, so pre-pandemic, the average, the five-year rolling average was about 1,650 all-cause deaths per week. Okay, that's per week. Um, in other words, during the spring and summer of this year, Sweden normally has about 3,300 deaths every two weeks. Okay, so it's 1,650 for a week. So if you want to take a two-week period, that's 3,300 deaths is what you, you're going to expect. And this time, we had nearly 4,000. Okay? So that's a 20% increase. In that two-week window, that's a big deal. And remember, it's not the whole country. They have a high vaccination rate, but a lot of people didn't get vaccinated. Okay? So it's not like they're all in the denominator. Remember that. So this is out of the people who got the second shot. Meaning, in other words, let me explain that. 3,300 people normally die, all-cause mortality, over a two-week period out of the entire Swedish population. Okay, in this case, nearly 4,000 died just among those who got the second shot, which is about 4 million people, whereas the Sweden population, what is it? Sweden's about the size of Michigan in terms of population. It's about 10.3 million people. <clears throat> so that's really double. So if anything, this magnifies it a lot worse. In other words, all-cause mortality out of a 4 million pool shouldn't have been 3,300 over a two-week period. It should have been really less than half of that. Okay? And yet there's 4,000 deaths. 4,000 deaths. Now, you could say it's more among seniors that got a higher vaccination rate. So, again, it's not quite... You can't say it's like, you know, if you do the math, the all-cause should have been just on raw numbers of 4 million people, should have been, um, you know, uh, something like 1,300, 1,200. I'm, I'm doing the math in my head, and it's 4,000. It's not quite that gap because this is an, is an older population, but still. This is crazy. This is nuts. This is happening everywhere. This is why it is so important that we have states fill the gap and have their own VARA system. But it's so hard. It's like pulling teeth. It's like pulling teeth with these people. 20% higher excess deaths during that two-week period. That's not normal, right? Excess deaths are very flat, right? I mean, death and birth in a stable first-world country with no civil war going on you know, that's not normal. And also, another beautiful thing about Sweden is that over the last 18 months, I haven't looked it up, 18 weeks, I mean, 
you're talking about roughly, you know, a four week, four month period. They've had, I mean, infinitesimal amounts of COVID deaths. It's been flat there. So, um, and again, this is among the vaccinated. So if they did die of COVID, then that's that 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 also just goes into the same pile. There's a stu- there's a um, real time news in Israel has an article out that there's been a 500% increase in deaths of FIFA players. These are soccer players in 2021. Okay? Since December, when the vaccine started, 183 professional athletes and coaches have suddenly collapsed. This is a very definable population. 108 out of the 183 died. Okay? What suddenly caused that? Well, most athletes were male. Now, in general, there's more male athletes, so it's hard to get a percentage there. Vast majority were obviously 17 to 40 because they are do tend to be younger. You know, they're not going to be, you're not going to have an 80-year-old on the field. 23 are teenagers. 16 of them died. In over 80 of the cases, such as football stars Sergio Aguero and Christian Erickson, and there they call football soccer. Obviously, the athletes collapsed while playing, racing, or training, or immediately after. Over 80 of the cases. Okay, so that's almost half. They collapsed. I mean, that doesn't normally happen. And again, that reeks of blood slash heart disorders. In most cases, it's been reported that the cause of the collapse was myocarditis, pericarditis, heart attacks, cardiac arrest, and clotting events. We emphasize that this list we have is even longer. This is Yafa Shiraz in Israel. We emphasize that the list we have is even longer, but for the sake of caution, dozens of cases were removed from it in which we did not have full details so that only the cases that were reported in detail remained. In addition, cases were removed from the list in which evidence of previous risk factors were mentioned, such as heart defect. To get a better picture of the data compared to previous years, we only looked at data relating to deaths uh, among athletes registered with FIFA. Right, So, I mean, there's all sorts of amateur athletes that are dropping dead and compared the data regarding the number of uh, SCD, SUD deaths among these athletes in previous years to the number of cases in 2021. Uh, to find out how many deaths actually occurred during the last two decades among FIFA players, we use Wikipedia, list of association footballers who died while playing. Um, to know how many cases in 2021, we use the list collected uh, by us in real-time news. Um, <clears throat> Dr. Josh, uh, Josh Getzko, a senior lecturer in the Department of Sociology and Anthropology, at the Institute of Criminology at uh, Hebrew University. He analyzed the data. And in 2000, there were 242,000 athletes registered with the association. 2006, it was up to 265,000 athletes. Um, Assuming FIFA has not changed significantly in 20 years, um, we could expect about five deaths a year. Okay, Remember, this is a young population. You're not going to have people dropping dead in droves. In the previous 20 years, there was an average of 4.2 deaths per year attributed to SCD or SUD, the vast majority being SCD. 
right? These sudden deaths. In contrast, in 2021, according to our list, there were 21 players. 21 deaths. Okay? So instead of the four deaths per year and five cases per year, we have 21 deaths so far this year. Okay? That is a big, big problem. And we need to get this out. We need to make this the litmus test. Again, this is why I am such a big fan of this constitutional amendment idea, not federal, state. A lot of states, it's easy. You know, I just saw Missouri. In Missouri, you could either get it on the ballot through signatures or you could get it passed by the legislature with 51%. Most states aren't like they need two-thirds, 60% supermajority. And and again, I think we would agree in general, we don't like you know the fact that the Constitution could change so quickly. But now that it's there, we want to use it for our purposes. Um, I mean, I, I haven't checked. I'll, I'll check it as I'm talking here. But, you know, they have supermajorities in Missouri. So to get 51%, I mean, you could even afford to lose a lot of a lot of the rhinos. I mean, in the house there, they have where is this? Um in the Senate they have a 24 to 10 majority. Okay? So you only need <clears throat> 18 votes. You could lose six you could lose a quarter of the Republicans and and still win. In the House, they have a hundred and twelve to forty-nine majority. Okay, so this is something that we need to make a litmus test. And if they don't don't vote for it, a simple proposition that you have the right to be secure in your person and refuse any medical treatment, therapeutic, vaccine device that will cover masks and vaccines, if we cannot get that simple proposition that there are no exceptions to that proposition in a red state, we're done. But at least if they fight it in this legislative session coming up in January, some states still having special sessions, then guess what? We have them marked, and we need the primaries. State legislative and gubernatorial primaries are everything. A lot of you listened to the press conference from Governor DeSantis. Um, and by the way, he will likely be on the show Wednesday or a week later. Um, we're coming up on our thousandth show. Um, so in honor of that, we're going to have the we have the governor's office is committed to doing an interview and we're gonna time it for our thousandth show. Um so let me know questions you have for him. Um, but you heard him at that press conference and like he had the girl who was suspended 27 times for not wearing a mask. He he brought her up to the podium to speak. No other governor is indulging. Most other governors are like, wear a mask, get the shot. You know, they're downright on the other side of this. Imagine if we had, I mean, ideally we should have 25 guys like that. Certainly 20, but even five or six, we would have a different country, different messaging. It would create synergistic momentum. That's where it's at, not the federal primaries. 
I mean, I'm, I'm fine for people doing that. I'm just personally going to spend more time on this. Think about what's happening in these red states. Right now, while she's a fraud, the governor of Kansas, who's a Democrat, is pushing a special session to fight Biden's mandate more than almost every Republican governor. And part of that is because there's a check and balance on her behavior. She's a Democrat in a red state. She knows she's going to be thrown out. But instead, they, they've gotten smart where you have these Democrats who run as Republicans. So you, you can't shoot at them because no, no one focused on the primaries. So it's like, what are you going to do? I'll vote for the Republican in the general election. There's no one to kick out. If you are in a red state, just know that let, I'm just inventing it. Let's say in a given chamber, there's 60 Republicans. You will never have more than 20 conservatives that care about the people. Those people need to be marked. Now, you might have a certain area in the middle that they could be made to go along. So you don't necessarily, in my hypothetical, need to throw out 40 of them to be successful. Um, well, because first of all, you know, we don't need a supermajority. If we have a slim majority of conservatives within a supermajority of Republicans, that's already something. You could already do most things. But also, the momentum, they'll go along with you because then they'll be scared about, you know, so you want to get kind of the worst 10, 15 offenders out. So this is this is a project we're going to have. We need a unifying pledge to America, contract with America style agenda. We need a constitutional amendment. We have a lot of individual items we're going to be working on. So I'm not, I'm not just here to give you information on the pandemic, the shots, early treatment. We're going to continue doing that, but strategies to deal with it. We've had a very productive week. Thank you for 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 listening. By the way, a special favor. We're having a competition here. Um, who could get more people with their promo code to buy Blaze Media gear, like Let's Go Brandon shirts and stuff? Um, we're gonna we're gonna make our own um, mugs and T-shirts. Fascism. Um, I'm sorry, freedom over fascism. But Horowitz twenty is the promo code. My name. Uh, so see if we could uh, beat out Steve and Chad and the other guys here. Sarah Gonzalez. We're having a friendly competition for that. So if you go to shop.blazemedia.com, Horowitz20, again, um, seven cells is up. If you want to get ivermectin and azoxanide, it's sevencells.com slash Daniel, and then promo code Daniel. Um, the reason why we need that new URL is just because of the problem they had with their platform, the e-commerce issues that they're having with the cancel culture. It's a huge problem. And we absolutely need to find ways of dealing with this because we're not going to be we're going to be boxed out of the economy, out of um, goods and services, out of, of vendors, out of jobs, out of healthcare. We need to find a way to make our own parallel economy, but we first have to make red states red again. We have to make state legislatures great again. That is our agenda. That is our job. Till next week, we'll be back. A little bit of a truncated week because of Thanksgiving. God bless you all, and thank you for listening. Thank you.